So we're back, real guys in the word. We've been missing for a little bit out of uh, circulation, but we're back. So, what's sorry up? about that. <laughs> some of us are still licking our fingers <laughs> from eating. His finger so. licking good, right? His finger licking good. <laughs> I need some flaws. <laughs> Here's the thing they stuck in the bun right there, but it ain't quite small Your enough. Teeth have that big a gap, you're in trouble. Yeah, I didn't realize it was that, that small. Sorry. I mean, big. Sorry about that. <laughs> so we have been through, I think we did Ecclesiastes 1 was the last episode we did on the podcast. And we've been through two, three, and four at this point. And y'all missed out. Sorry about that. But uh, it's good stuff. You should go back and read it. We're jumping into five and six today, if I'm not mistaken. Am I right? Yeah. However far we get. (laughs) (laughs) We will start in five and see how we go. That's right. So, anybody got any wise words before we begin? You guys are full of wisdom. <laughs> You're full of something. Oh, I'm full of something. You I'm going to shut my face on <laughs> that. Y'all, y'all are wise. The wise, too. <laughs> I'm going to shut my face. <laughs> Not saying anything. Go ahead. It's all good. I feel like I'm stiffened up. You just loosened that up. Yeah. I did. Because I, I feel like I'm having to stretch my backbone. <laughs> that way up that far. So... All right. Oh, so you're shutting your mouth. What was the first verse? It says, says, guard your steps when you go to the house of God. Better to approach in obedience than to offer the sacrifice as fools do, for they ignorantly do wrong. Interesting. So be quiet. (laughs) Well, we get to that in a little bit. We haven't got to the be quiet yet. Yeah. But... uh, it's it's interesting. I'm, I want to read you what my, what the life application commentary said. It said this verse gives a warning to approach God with care. When we approach God in prayer and worship, we should have the attitude of being open and ready to listen to Him, not to dictate to Him what we think He should do. Ouch. Amen. Mm. Yeah, and I wonder how many of us fall into that category. You know, that applies to worship service. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> right? I mean, anything. That's, that's what it is. The house of God would be, in that time, the temple. Yeah. I mean, but you take it to application to worship. That's what we talked about, was in the worship service instead of constantly what we want, what we want to sacrifice fools. It's, I'm actually needing to come here to listen mm-hmm. and not to dictate. I like that's put there. Mm. And then... How many people just come to our services just because it's a habit or just because it's the thing to do, what they're supposed to do? Yeah. That doesn't honor God. It's not no. not approaching him in obedience. That's just out of obligation or something. Right. So, right. Yeah, we're definitely creatures of a habit. We get in a habit of doing things, and we just continue to do the same thing without rhyme or reason, you know, or forget why we started doing it in the first place and just create habits and... Without Definitely Ryan get mad him. when someone tries to change those habits. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the nature of the beast. We're, we're all somewhat like that, you know. Yeah, no doubt. I, I, we have seen it um, so much in our churches lately, uh, not just the ones that we, we are all involved in, but other churches around. I've heard other pastors 
complaining and well are talking about and there's just there's such a lack of coming to the Lord uh, guarding your steps you know I mean everybody's coming with their own agendas with their own ideas and all that kind of stuff and it's it's so evident because our churches aren't growing they're falling apart they're there's infighting. There's so much junk going on because we're we're not doing it for the right reasons. You know, we're just kind of. And we could say you just said that people they're not they're not growing. You could say, well, who wants to be a part of that? Right? What what? Nobody wants to be a part of that. But then you think, not only bigger than that, well, God doesn't even want to be part of that. Mm. It's not just people that are out there that are lost don't want to be part of that. Well, the Lord don't want a part of that. He, I mean, He doesn't want to have anything to do with that sort of thing. Yeah, where two or more gathered in my name, there I am in their midst, not where two or more gathered to do their, to enjoy themselves or do what they want or, you know, to hear their favorite music or whatever, you know. And you know what's interesting about that? I didn't know this, that verse you're talking about. I didn't know this till listening to, uh, I paid no, paid no attention to listening to John MacArthur. That verse comes in the context of church discipline. Where two or three gather my name, it's in the context of church. Now, nobody wants to do that. <laughs> nobody <laughs> wants that. But, but that, you know, there goes the whole idea of the agenda. I got my agenda, but I don't want to do God's agenda. So, who wants to? Mm. I think that's a perfect feed into to what we're. I mean, our perfect example, and then even even at calling it evil, let's just go into God's house, or or, or let's gather and. We have our agendas, not his. So, and it's evil. It's one thing to, to say, oh, we shouldn't do that, but to have the Bible say it's evil, that's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Yep. I guess us pastors need to be listening to verse number two. Do not be hasty to speak and do not be impulsive to make a speech before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth, so let your words be few. Hmm. So my short sermons are okay. Man, short sermons are awesome. <laughs> Why are y'all picking on me up in here? Oh man. <laughs> oh, I didn't I didn't mean that. The way it came out, no. What what I had a guy I'm not gonna say this name, but had a guy saying that man, I I'm I'm telling you that, the average attention span of any human being does not exceed about 20 or 25 minutes. He's like, when you go 45 minutes, everybody's sleeping on you, lost there. <laughs> yeah. Making that, making the, uh, making the argument for the short sermon, you know, and I kind of had to, got to somewhat agree when they go long. You know, it don't matter what it is. I mean, sermon or what, or anything. Like, I mean, you sit in a classroom, 20 minutes, you're pumped up, ready to learn after 45 minutes. It's not so much fun. Oh, it's no matter what it is, you can even be interested in it. Well, y'all obviously and, and, have never heard me preach. I'm just picking. I'm kidding. That's why we don't have preaching on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. No, it's um, I don't I don't have too much problem with length with the length of things, but when it's called for, I guess you know when. Yeah, we just. I mean. Every every now and again, you're hitting some good points and go long. That's fine, but don't think you got to draw it out every time. People, <laughs> people, people are about to start sleeping on you. Yeah, you know it's just yeah. inevitable. I don't care how good you think you are, or how much fire you're bringing. What's wrong with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
I mean, that we just I think we're kind of in this. We should see that we're not that important or like, kind of like you were saying. You know, God here is saying that God is in heaven. A hey, God's all powerful. You don't need to think that you can give more words or be quick to speak about it and and do something better. Or, you know, really touch people. It's God has got to touch people. So yeah, uh, this reminded me of the Pharisee and the tax collector kind of situation being quick to say something and get making a speech before god where you know one guy's announcing his greatness to god and the other guy's beating his chest and just asking the lord for forgiveness you know and it's very very humbling and of course we know jesus says to be humble like that and that kind of counters i mean that's that's kind of the same idea we i think we see right here in this verse and of course, James one nineteen, quick to listen, slow to hear, uh, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. So, anyway. how often do we make real quick remarks? Yeah, to just or kind of like vows to God. I'll promise I'll do this. I'll do this. You beat your rash with your mouth on, real quick. You don't even think about what you're doing. You're lying half the time. I promise God I'll do this. No, no, you won't. No, you won't. You're a liar. Mm. I mean, I've done that a lot. But Lord, if you'll get me out of this, you'll give me this. Uh, I'll do this. <laughs> he knows I'm lying. And I'm, but I mean, I've never really taken it that serious until you read words like this. Like, don't be, don't be making. Who are you talking to? Who are you talking to? So, I have to say that to my kids. Who are you talking to? So I got to think about him saying that to me. Who do you think you're talking to? So. Which you know, you kind of jump down into verse five that you better that you not, you do not vow. Than to than that you vow and you do not fulfill, you know, making a vow to God, making a promise to the Lord. I mean, I'm sure we've all done that. Whether it's, you know, God, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start digging into Your Word, or I'm gonna, I'm gonna start praying more, or I'm gonna stop cussing, or I'm gonna, you know, stop doing this. Or we've made those promises, but how often do we fulfill them? You know, mm. or do we do it just halfway, or right. or maybe try it once and yeah, and then never mind, I'm good. You know? mm-hmm. That's not a good place to be. No, it's not. It's not a good place. We just don't think about who we're talking to. That's that's the problem. Same way with the worship, whatever. We just don't think about who we're talking to. I mean, I, I, mean, I think that's I think I think that's what it is. You wouldn't approach some, you know, if you're going to go in and talk to you. Know, think about if you're if you're if you're in trouble with the law and you're going to go and talk to the judge. You're going to be very cautious with your words, how you talk to that person. Uh, but mm. we don't we don't think about how when we're in, in his presence, what we're saying, or who we're talking to. So, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. And like, if you were going to talk to your boss about a raise or something going on in life, you're going to be real careful with your words. And and yet, with the Lord, we whatever you know. Even when we pray, you know, yeah. so many times we sit down to pray, and it's just like. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, God. Well, just you know, do this and uh, yeah. you know, take care of this and heal so and so. You know, and we don't we don't think about it. We, we don't need to be that way. We, we get in those habits again. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well. <clears throat> well, and then you look. We spent quite a bit of time on this. Uh, on Sunday when we were talking about this. Verse 6, don't let your mouth cause your flesh to sin, nor say before the messenger of God that it was an error. Why should God be angry at your excuse and destroy the work of your hands? The idea of us just making light of sin, 
oh, it was just a mistake. It was just a mistake. No, it was a sin. Mm-hmm. Said, you call it what it is. You know, he's saying, don't, don't, don't let you, you know, don't be sitting up there saying to the, the priest, or whoever it is, oh, it was just a mistake what I did. No, you sinned. Call it for what it is. Don't, don't treat it as not, not much. That's yeah. a pro- and that's, but that goes back to being in his presence, who we're talking to. And that's even just talking about your words. And to promise God something to not do it is sin. Right. You have, you know, not followed through with the Lord. <laughs> right. What you told him you're going to do. So, mm. yeah. You know, I wonder how many people that are out there that are that are Christians, or at least profess Christians, make vows to the lost world in any way, whether you run a business, whether you're just talking to them, whatever, and you promise them something, and they say, they know you're a professed Christian, and you don't come through with it, and you're known for doing that. Mm-hmm. What does that say for how they will view God and what he means in your life when you make these vows to them or whatever, and you don't keep it? I mean, that doesn't say, it doesn't give him a good name. No. You know, so that's a bad issue as well. So. Speaking of bad issues, we're about to run into some here in verse 8. If you see oppression of the poor and perversion of justice and righteousness in the province, don't be astonished at the situation because one official protects another official and higher officials protect them. The profit of the land is taken by all. The king is served by the field. Interesting. Talking about corruption and leadership. We don't see anything like that in our day and age. (laughs) (laughs) Let's start naming names. (laughs) No, let's not. I mean, we've seen it across the board for, you know, for quite some time. So, but it happened back then. It's happening now. And it's mainly because of greed. You know, greed is what one of the things we complain about now. People trying to get money, trying to make money off this and that. All these shady deals. Oh, yeah, greed and power, control. It says do not marvel at the matter. Mm. Do not marvel at it. Like It's not going to be. It's, it's not unnatural. It's natural. That's that's the way it's going to be. Unless Same. I'm saying that wrong, that's the way it appears, don't it? Yep. Yeah. That's, you can expect it. It's been a problem. It's going to be a problem until the end. Violent perversion of justice. Mm. And there's always been that issue. Then you go and look at the history in the Bible where they constantly in the prophets talking about unjust judges. Yeah. Also, I mean, it's yeah. always been that way. Because yeah. who are the judges? They're people. Mm-hmm. That's what's so crazy. We I think sometimes we look on. The- well, look, look in America. I mean, just going to say it. Law enforcement can't even do their job. I mean, they're almost powerless, you know, because of. I mean, what is it? I mean, uh-huh. government taking their power. Or what? I mean, well, it's just it's political. I mean, basically, is that not what it's saying here? Like, don't marvel. I mean, right. you're going to feel like you've been um, done wrong, and you're going to feel the violent perversion of justice, you know? Um, and it's just look at our society. I mean, they're just, I mean, there's a lot of examples of that. Yes, it is. For sure. And that goes back to, I mean, it does the, the, the greed issue these people want more money let's buy off these people keep these people from these people let's st- and yeah you go back to law enforcement why would these guys even they don't hardly make nothing 
And why would these guys risk their lives for every time they go to do that? Well, somebody's going to be right back out on the street before they get done with paperwork. Yeah, my son was was had applied to be in the police department, and they wanted him to he passed the test, and they wanted him to do or to, to go further to progress, and he had to make a decision. And you know, he could make more working at Target, make a lot more working at Target or someplace like that than he could as a cop. Yeah. As a, you know, as and it's dangerous and risky dangerous, as it is. crazy hours, yeah. all that kind of stuff, and yet you can make more just working in a retail establishment. It's crazy. It is. Well, and now as a cop, all the liability that you carry. I mean, it's, I mean, let's just be honest. It's, I've talked to some police officers that are just getting out of it. Like, man, you can't be a police officer anymore. I mean, there's just so many things that they feel like they can't do, you know, and just... I don't know. Well, they're under a microscope. It's a very unsafe job right now. Yeah, they're under a microscope. I mean, even, even heck, they've got to be thinking when they're approaching something, do I defend myself? You know, I mean, how do oh, yeah. they get Well, I watch all these stops that I see on the, on the side of the road. I'm driving down the highway or whatever, and the cops are way back, you know, keeping a very far, very, very... Mm-hmm deep distance from the people and you know very cautious because mm. you got to be it's crazy just another one of those ways that justice has been perverted yes it is not cool well, let's leave the poor cops we love cops let's leave the poor cops alone and let's <laughs> move on to first yeah, because we, we're talking about money a lot of this is talking about money and it's, it says the one who loves silver is never satisfied with silver and who loves wealth is never satisfied with income this too is futile. This is this is more hitting Rocky's territory, you know, because he's loaded with money. So, <laughs> <laughs> I think this is one of the most popular verses in this, or well known well, in this. Book. What verse did you just read? Ten. Ten. Okay. Ten. Well, and, and that that could go with any. Not only he who loves silver will not be satisfied, but he who loves fill in the blank will not be satisfied <laughs> with fill in the blank. Yeah, I mean, whatever it is that you love, you you won't you will not be filled with that. You know, if it's if it's worldly, you know, yeah. if, it, if right. it's worldly, absolutely right. But it is money's very true. I mean, be, being who was it on their deathbed said how much money would be enough? It was Rockefeller, one of them guys was on their deathbed. How much money would be enough? He's like a little bit more, Just a little, little bit more. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I remember who it was. Whoever but yeah. it was. I mean, we've all heard. Even if it's not true, it's still a good. It's still a good. Um, example, yes. analogy. Just a little bit more. Yeah, just a little bit more. Little like bit. how much money laying here with more, probably worth more than anybody at that time. Yeah, just yeah. a little bit. Well, more. you're never satisfied. No, no. I mean, really, you think uh, even with position, I got a little bit more position, mm-hmm. fame, a little bit more fame, authority, a little bit more authority, or material things. Go yeah. fill in the blank, as you said a second ago. Whatever I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. Give me a little bit more, because that's just oh, yeah. not enough. And then when you get there, it's not as great as you thought it was. Right. Oh, yeah, the, the pursuit is much better than oh, it is than the capture. Look, oh, I remember yeah. being a freshman on the football team, thinking, "Oh, when I'm a senior, I, I mean, because the seniors they were so big. I mean, they were huge. I mean, you're 15, they're 18, they're just." grown men I can't wait to and I remember being a senior thinking I'm still a baby Yeah, I mean, you know it's just I mean it seemed like it was just so glamorous and way too work and then you're there and it's like oh well yeah. 
you know, just it just wasn't quite what you thought it was. I mean, it was still cool, you know, being upperclassman leader and all, but it just ain't what you thought it was, you know. It never is. Grass is always greener, isn't it? Mm. You think about it, I've thought about that oh, yeah. too with the issues of pastors. Uh, I guess, I mean, that's normal for us to think this way, I guess, but so many will move on because, you know, you talk success. And I'm doing the quote sign for these people that can't see. <laughs> success no, is he's doing the bigger it. church, you know. The bigger church, the more people, the more money. Yeah, and of and course. More fame, more accolades, more people know you, more influence you have. And that's all about us. All about us. Yeah. And and, uh, and that's just like, well, that's pitiful. That's That's the problem. It's not about us. We're just like anybody else, and so, but we can we can. I don't know. It's it's a perversion of truth there. That you you know people will say, and I understand this. You get a bigger church, you have more influence. I get what you're saying, but you don't have more influence if it's not where God wants you to be. Mm. It's corrupted influence. It's, it's well, you know part of what I'm, I will be dealing with this this week or this weekend is that our job as pastors or any pastor's job is is reaching those people that are there in the congregation or, or that are part of that that body of believers to reach them, to help them dig into the Word, to equip them to go out and grow the church. So our influence is small. I mean, we're, we're, we have the congregation. That's who we influence. But the congregation is the one who goes out and influences so many others. However many people you work with, how many people you you personal train, whoever, however many people you meet at the store, however many people work for you, you know, there's a sphere of influence that everybody has. And you multiply that by the congregation and you're talking about an influence. But, mm-hmm. you know, as far as us, or as far as a pastor, his influence is very limited. Right. It doesn't matter what, how big your church is, you know, the the church is the, is the influence is the one who can influence for the Lord. The Lord does the, the touching and the changing and all that. But, you know. Right. Right. <laughs> but <clears throat> money is nice. I had a friend tell me one time, go, go where the money is. Cause God's everywhere. <laughs> of course he's kidding, but you know, <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> <laughs> Oh my soul. Yeah, he's everywhere seeing where you're going for, too. <laughs> yeah. He knows what you're doing. Uh, but uh, Then it says, when good things, verse 11, when good things increase, the one who consumes the ones who consume them multiply. What then is the profit to the owner except to gaze at them with his eyes? Get all that money and all them cousins start popping out the woodworks. I know you. Uh, <laughs> your friends I are all sitting around. Baby. So that, that's what this is saying. That's oh, what yeah. okay. Yeah. That, that's yeah. what like the looks. lottery winners, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden, all you, all your family comes <laughs> out of the woodwork. And I you. fixed your tire one day on the side <laughs> of the road. Don't you remember? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all those freeloaders come out. Yeah. Oh man, do they ever? Yeah. What profit have the owners except to see them with their eyes, mm-hmm. watching everybody else enjoy this stuff? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen that happen. Have you? Because I don't have enough to see. Well, not there with, I didn't say it's ain't happen with me. I seen it happen with other people. Not with me. It's never happened. To be clear, that has never happened with me. I've just seen it happen with other uh, families. Oh, you own. Um, 
Oh yeah, you you hit it big, and everybody love you. They oh, love yeah. me. They love me. Yeah. <laughs> Even the ones that hate you love you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, they do. I was there for you when this happened. You remember? <laughs> I was up all night praying for you, with you, loving on you, holding you. Oh yeah. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they come out from everywhere. Family split up over this stuff. Goods increasing. Mm-hmm. You know, we think we want more, but when we get it, and it's you know the same thing we were talking about. If you're pursuing the money, there's never enough, but you constantly pursue that or whatever it is yeah. in the family, and your other relationships just drop and they fall away because you're steady pursuing whatever that is. Yeah, you think it's gonna make you happy. Yeah, mm-hmm. it ain't gonna do nothing but hurt you. Hmm. Seems good, but it's not. And then we see verse 12, what might be good. The sleep of the worker is sweet, whether he eats little or much, but the abundance of the rich permits him no sleep. Interesting. So work's a good thing when you're not trying to consume yourself with it or with riches that it brings. Yep. You can sleep, but, the, but the rich there, the abundance of the rich, the more you got, the it's, more you worry about. They say he can't even sleep. He he. He laid in his bed worrying about somebody going to rob him blind, you know. Yeah. He worried about them they warehouses. Wouldn't have, they, they wouldn't have much to rob me of. <laughs> um, and, look, I, hey, I know guys like this. I mean, no doubt, I, I, and several of them are like this. They got barns and locks and storage places, and, hey, I got cameras here, and no one's going to. And it's just like they're really consumed with that, like like somebody's really going to go steal their $900,000 piece of equipment you know but they have like this million dollar shed built around this nine hundred thousand dollar piece of equipment and then they got you know they just just because they do not want anything getting it they they don't want anything you know god forbid a natural disaster come and tear all the but they just you know it's like they're always worrying about it like it took it was so hard to get so now i have to worry 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 make sure it don't happen to it it consumes them no and there's no doubt yeah i mean it begins to rule your life, what you what you have. I'm not saying everybody's like that, but it, it's definitely, a, especially when you put all your stock in those things. So I mean, we have a lot of stock. It's a, you yep. can see them scurrying like rats, you know, <laughs> thinking they might lose something. Well, that's why you you know see a lot of people when when they do begin to lose some stuff, their whole identity or life, their life wrapped up in that stuff and they go into depression some taking their own life mm. you know because they're so consumed with yeah. what they had and may have lost uh, it, I mean it's, it's really sad it's it's you know when it just says it right there it won't permit permit the person to sleep because they're constantly worried about it yeah. constantly worried about what and you're like are you really going to be more at peace if you get more because you're just going to worry about it yeah. You're going to worry about it when you get it. It's going to be a worry in your life that you're yeah. going to lose it. Yeah. Oh. <clears throat> kind of a terrible cycle. But. So I guess we're better off to not, not have so much to worry about. But he, he kind of hits what uh, what old Rocky was talking about here when he says there's a sickening tra- tra- <laughs> tragedy. I have seen under the sun wealth kept by its owner to his harm. And he talks about him losing the money, trying to trying to make more and losing it, 
So now his son doesn't have anything. He doesn't have anything. Can't pass anything on to his son. <clears throat> Came naked from the womb. He's going to leave with naked like that too. You know, we can't take it with us when we're gone. <clears throat> and you know, what is it? What what do we gain? All this hard work, and you you when you're when you're dead, it's gone. You can't enjoy it when you're right. gone. Work so hard to get that big whatever mansion and wealth and all that, and then. He did. And got no use for it anymore. So nice. it's just a pursuit of the wind again. So. Exactly. Pursuit of the wind. It just makes you sick. Just like we were talking about. So. For well, if people get a grasp on that, what is that? Verse uh, what is that? 15, yeah. <clears throat> the idea you came in this world with nothing, you're going to leave with it. So, and I think people, they know it, but yet they don't know it. Well, yeah, I know I'm not going to take anything with me. And why are you living for it? Mm. Which, I mean, you know, just kind of think about that. Why are we pressing so hard and work our rear ends off for things that do not last and that we won't take with us? It, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, I don't, I don't, it's really insane. We need to have. I mean, there's no doubt we need to have. We need to provide. We need to survive. And he, he says it's fine. The worker should it should work and then be able to sleep, though, not just be obsessed with all this mess. And we, you know, I love capitalism. I love how, you know, somebody can can really work hard and make something of themselves or, or make some money, make, you know, have, have some financial success if they really put their their mind into it but when you keep going when you keep going keep going then your life is a meaningless pursuit of just money instead of reaching a goal and, and having so that you can provide and still right. having life and that, it's okay as long as you don't concentrate on it make that your god you know mm. but, yeah but it becomes that way that's yeah. what you pursue and pursue and pursue and the, the kind of the last little kind of paragraph there talks about, you know, that we should we should just enjoy, eat, drink, and experience good, you know, and because it's a gift from God, and you know, everybody who's gotten riches by it's who, whom God has given riches and wealth, and you should enjoy them, you know, because it's from God. The gift is this is a gift from God, and so we need to remember that. <clears throat> Whether we have a little or we have a lot, it's a gift from God, and we should enjoy the gift that we had in this life that we've been given in this life. But don't worship the gift; worship the giver, the one who gave it to us. Right. You know, we can enjoy what we have, but uh, we need to enjoy the Lord more. I mean, He's He's the reason we have any, anything, whether a lot or a little. Why do people know that but still don't follow that rule? <clears throat> We think we know what we want more than what God wants for us. You know, we think we know what's best for us and how much. No, God, it's better for me to be rich and really rich. So <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's your concern. So that's what I'm going to change. You know, it's, it's more of that. Yeah. Like, this is what I want, and I'm going to pursue it. And I'm not going to. I know your add, blessings on it. Yeah, well, I know your blessings on it because yeah. there's a lot of scripture in there that say you're going to bless whatever I do. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh my goodness, people don't recognize it. We all fall into that. I know. It's all vanity. 
Have you wrapped up the chapter? I have. Did you, you did? Actually, okay. Yeah, okay. unless you got something you else did. to say. No, no. I, oh, no, I was just making sure. Making sure I was keeping up. The stalk said I had to keep us moving. You did well. Because I'm not, I'm not good at doing that. I'll camp out on something and just, like, hang out there for a while. You did well. Yeah, so. <laughs> so we can go to um, Chapter 6? Whenever you want. Whatever I want. Whatever. It's interesting. I, you know, I, I was, I don't remember who I was telling. I was, I was telling my, my congregation that I was recommending them to, to read um, Ecclesiastes uh, and just see what God, because he goes after everything that we would love to go after um, and realizes that it's all vanity, as you said. Uh, but I, I went ahead and gave him the end of <laughs> read, you know, hey, uh, th- this is what he says, you know, obey the Lord, keep his commands, you know, fear the Lord and keep his commands. So, um, and I was like, I know I just told you to read a whole book and I gave you the end, right? But <laughs> spoiler alert, but it's good for us to know the end because we're looking through this and how many times has he said no, this, I've seen this tragedy and I've seen this and it's a tragedy and this is a tragedy and the, you get kind of depressing if you if you're yeah. just reading the words and being like, "Wow, this must be miserable. Life must be miserable. Must be all vanity. <laughs> must be yeah. all futility, right?" It's kind of pointless. Yes, yes, it is. But that's how he starts uh-huh. us off again on verse six. Here's a tragedy I observed under the sun, and it weighs heavily on humanity. God gives a gives a person riches, wealth, and honor so that he lacks nothing of all he desires for himself but God does not allow him to enjoy them. Instead, a stranger will enjoy them. This is futile and sickening tragedy. Wow. So some people do amass a ton of stuff, and even by God allowing them to have it, yet they don't get to enjoy it, they die. And or it's taken. It could, yeah, it could be taken. I mean, And they got nothing left, you know. Yeah. They can't enjoy it, somebody else enjoyed it. And you, just, you could just lose it. Whether you die or whether somebody just takes it, takes over your position, takes everything. It's like it could be gone in a second. And you've amassed all your life or all that work into this, and that's your enjoyment, and that's your joy, and then bam, it's gone. It doesn't take much. I mean, you could get a hot tip on an investment and, and put in whatever your savings is, and it it shoot up and be like, oh, I made a million dollars, and then, like, next week it's gone. Yeah. You know, the... Yeah. Bottoms out, and you're, and that's a possibility. Absolutely, I mean, that's a possibility. Yeah, that's how fragile all that materialistic stuff is. Worldly, anything worldly. I mean, really, if you didn't come out of your mother's womb with it, it's pretty fragile and irrelevant. Yeah, I mean, I mean, would you look at it like that? I mean, really, when you want to get down to it, you know, other than our bare necessities, just our needs. Man, it's, there's nothing really to pursue. I mean, God's already said, you know, the the lilies of the field are, are, are clothed and the birds have food to eat, and so chill out and don't worry because you finna have enough. But but we go pursuing things that we ain't got no business pursuing to a degree that we don't have any business pursuing, you know. I mean, we just want to be filthy rich. You know, don't, don't give us a day out of daily bread. Just want to be filthy rich, you know, and that's poof. Yeah. Just don't stuff like that just don't last. You know. No guarantee on anything. No, it didn't. I was uh I was 
playing around with stock type stuff and I was like, yeah, I'm going to get in on the next Bitcoin thing. Of course, Bitcoin's dropping like like crazy right now, but you know, so last or two weeks ago I had $300. Now I got $200, you know. I don't have much invested because I don't have much, but you know, that's how yeah. quick right quick it's it's here and then it's gone. Right. Lord gives and the Lord takes away. <laughs> Just like Job said. Absolutely. We may be given stuff, a bunch of stuff like we were just talking about in this verse, like verse 2 says, and sometimes we think we deserve that, you know, yeah. that we deserve to have that, like you were talking about. Yeah, I, want, I need to get filthy rich, you know. Um, or sometimes we have stuff and we, we take for granted everything we have. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. I, I know I've been guilty of that for sure, no doubt. Looking out. Well, and one thing, too, is a lot of us, we don't look from we don't look at it from a just a logical point, standpoint. Man, God's not dumb. If you can't handle a fifty thousand dollar year salary, man, you don't even do what's right with that. You don't tithe. You, you're not a good steward of it. Why in the world would he multiply at fifty thousand or five hundred thousand? I mean, why? I mean, it's just from a logical standpoint. We think we deserve and we need this, and we, man, we're not even good stewards of what we have, and we're not thankful for that. So yeah. why should we have? You know. More? No doubt, no doubt. I had a conversation with a millionaire that I've done a few jobs for. Um, real, really good guy. I always liked him, and um, he had a little bit of an air about him, but pretty down to earth guy. And man, we got to talking one day, and man, he give it up. Man, he was talking about the tithing he done and how faithful you got to be. Then I was thinking, well, maybe that's the reason the man's got it, you know, because that that was his whole claim. Look, God's gonna get his. He gonna get it, you know, and he um have been saved and just really give it up but we don't know why we don't get certain things but you know that that could be a good that could play a role in it just because we're not good stewards of what we have yeah. with anything not yeah. just money i mean if you're faithful in the little things he'll put you in charge of the big things um and i, I don't know how many times i've wished for more you know i'd love to have more money. i mean i don't i don't quite make ends meet so i'd love to have more money yeah I, I guess you could say i need more money but god's kept us afloat so yeah. i don't necessarily need it god god's always provided you know but e- even then I, i'm always looking you know I, I could do more but am i being faithful with what i got you know yeah. yes i'm tithing and stuff but how is my is my are my possessions actually honoring the Lord? Yeah, you know, right, right. Everything I have. Yeah, and are you thankful? I mean, are you are you really thankful for? Them? I mean, right. man, if you're not thankful for a little bit you have, I mean, you're not gonna. I mean, you you're just you're just greedy. Yeah. Like you just want more. You're not like, well, I'm gonna be thankful for this two million. Now you're freaking greedy, <laughs> and you want two million, and you ain't thankful for a little bit you have. You know that's your that's your problem, Chris. <laughs> oh, I call out names. <laughs> All good. <laughs> yeah, all good. We uh, we fit verse three, or at least that's where we've gotten to right now. Man, a man may father a hundred children and live many years, no matter how long he lives, if he is not satisfied by good things and does not even have a proper barrel. I say that a stillborn child is better off than he. 
that's, that's kind of what you were saying, man. The, you know that we got to be happy with what we have. We got to be content with what we have and thankful for what we have. Yeah. And man, he puts it like this is another one of those things where he just kind of makes a drastic point, uh, almost hyperbole, uh, saying that a stillborn baby's better off than somebody who can't be satisfied. Yeah. That's kind of nuts. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've always uh I've always liked that scripture. I've just always it's always stuck out to me that even a stillborn be better than he like I always thought that was just really powerful. Really powerful. Powerful, harsh, something. It's 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 yeah. hard hitting for yeah, sure. Yeah, no, that's yeah, hard hitting. There you go. Yeah. But don't hardly get more in your face with a tragedy I mean, yeah. Something I know, like that. I mean, I know a lot of people that I've had to walk through that journey with of a stillborn baby. That's a rough journey, you know. And for yes, him to say that they're better off than, than we would be, that's it's tough. That is, it yeah. is hard. Yeah. For sure. That's tough. But, but, I mean, to go to their point, it's better off than that child. I mean, that child's better off than them is what I mean. Scratch that. That child not knowing tragedy, not knowing desire, not knowing won't not be satisfied. They are better off than yeah. these people who got striving more and more and more. And just got, miserable. And they're just miserable human beings. It's never enough. What they got is not enough. And it doesn't matter what it is. I mean, I thought it was interesting. Some of the commentaries I had read on this was the idea that someone could have so many children and children are a blessing from the Lord as the Bible says so, so, so many people could have so many children which is a blessing but they could, they may not have they're working so much to take care of them they can't enjoy them because they've got they, you can be blessed with abundance in some sense but cursed with it as well because, because you have so much, but it just goes back to that previous scripture. He who is satisfied with silver and satisfied is not satisfied. He who longs for it. So you, when's it ever enough? And you're ne- that person's never happy. That's, that is a miserable person. It's just not going to be enough to be content with yeah. what you have. So, hmm. verse six, he talks about the person living a thousand years twice if they don't experience happiness. Then referring back to the stillborn baby, don't they both go to the same place? Uh-huh. You know. It's interesting. It Another is. hard-hitting <laughs> verse. It is. When, when it talks about going to the same places, and not just talking about the ground. That's the way yeah, I always I mean, took it. We all die, and we yeah. all we all are, you saying are done. What, what, what are you trying to say? Well, it's I'm just deeper. saying it's, yeah. it could. Yeah, it could I, oh, I, I know. I get it. I'm not... I'm not uh, Discrediting that at all, I just always thought it was same place. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, because he started off saying it's under the sun, so yeah, looking at earthly yeah. from an earthly perspective, yeah, they both they're both in the ground. So yeah. what difference is? Yeah, it? everybody just dies. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's yeah. I think that's what that's kind of referencing. They all end up in the same place. But the one that's stillborn is better off than this guy who's got everything or, or had so much and just can't enjoy nothing. 
Man, that's some miserable people. Yeah. 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 Yep. I don't know what you got on the on the rest of this. I don't have anything really until the end of this chapter. You got anything on seven, eight, nine? Well, I mean, when you say like seven, all a labor man's for his mouth. What do people work for? Food, physical pleasure, fleshly desires. So you do all that, but then it's just reiterating what's that? You're not satisfied. Your soul wasn't satisfied. So you can have all this stuff, feel all this stuff, have everything at your fingertips that you want as Solomon had and still soul not be satisfied and and, and, and then what verse 8 the wise man the fool really what does he have more than others they're going to both die right they're both going to go to the same place at, uh, I mean in, in all reality so uh, I know better better what the eye sees than wandering desire um, you know you know having stuff Having being content with what you have right. instead of constantly looking out to the future to what you right. could have to what you might have, obviously you can see what you have. Yeah, right. In, in, in the it's good easy sense. to see what I got. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Well, I think there's it is a different. How do you view things? I've got so much. You can you can take the person who may not have a lot, maybe really in this world. But they're so happy and they're content. They're, they have a different attitude. I'm thankful for what I have. I'm thankful I've got a family. I'm thankful I've got a wife that loves me. I'm thankful, you know, that I got a child or two children that that I have a good relationship with. And the other, you know, the person that's rich downtown may have the same exact amount of people or more and have a ton more stuff. But they're so miserable because they're not thankful for anything. They're constantly wondering for more. Yeah, I, you know, I think about that a lot because you know I may not have financially you may not have everything i need definitely don't have everything i want uh again god's always providing but uh when i sit there and think what do i what am i thankful for you know i've got three awesome kids that i I don't deserve Um, god has has raised them and they're doing well they're living their lives and uh and and i'm seeing them grow and flourish and um you know reach out to the lord in their own ways and it's that's that's huge, and I have a great relationship with them. You know, mm-hmm. they can they talk to me about anything and everything, and, and it's no big deal. Uh, they still sort of listen to me, <laughs> which is a big deal, you know. Uh, so, I mean, I got a lot there. You know, I got a wife who adores me and can't stand to be away from me. So, I mean, that's that's huge. That's, we, that's I big. have a lot uh, compared to a lot of folks. You know, that are that struggling. is big. So, yeah, was, we got to look at it that way. But, but if you switch it over to, I mean, you say, well, what don't I have? And you say, well, I won't. What are the, what are the, what are the things? Materialistic things. Oh yeah. I mean, we we want we want bigger, more and better. And when we get that, guess what we want? Bigger, more and better. It always mm. it always increases. I want smaller because I like the tiny living, like van life stuff. But still, it's better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's something more, right? Why'd you mess my point up? Right there? I'm sorry. I'm just, I had to. I'm, that's the way I roll. <laughs> Always messing it by up. <laughs> still in your thunder. Yeah, I go figure. I'm not saying nothing else now. <laughs> uh, 
looking at the at 10, 11, 12 kind of deal. Um, 12 ends for who knows what is good for anyone in life in the few days of his of his futile life that he spends like a shadow. Who can tell anyone what will happen after him under the sun? Um, again, a life application put it this way. Solomon is stating the profound truth that no one can predict the future. The only one who knows what will happen after we're gone is God. Because no human knows the future, we should not neglect to live each day for its own value. Solomon's arguing against the notion that human beings can take charge of their own destinies. In all our plans, we should look up to God, not just ahead to the future. You know, we think we can make plans and and stuff, but we need to say, well, if it's the Lord's will, you know. No. We've heard that before, but that's kind of what Solomon's saying here. You know, we got to, we don't know. We don't know what the future holds. We don't know if Bitcoin will go back up. We don't, you know, we don't know any of that stuff. God knows what's going to happen, so we need to trust him for the future, not ourselves. That's kind of where I was led there. Yeah, it seems like he's kind of, I mean, you think of that in verse 12, where he knows what's good for man in life all the days of his, and he uses that word vain life. It's like mm-hmm. he knows exactly what we're talking about. He, he knows that God knows, but it seems like he's frustrated that he doesn't know. Oh, I'm sure he is. You know, he's they say, like, to... I want to know what's going on, but, I'm, but yet I don't know. And it's yeah. this argument that he ought to trust in God. It seems like, and he knows that, but yet he's struggling with the fact that he's, it seems to me anyway, he's struggling with that whole fact is, well, what's going to happen after this? Well, I don't know. Yeah. I know God knows, and I should trust in the fact that God knows, but I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, and, and like that, what's that song? Uh, because he lives, you know, we can go, we can face tomorrow. And that's such a, that's one of the hymns I really, really like because that, the truth of it. I, I, we don't see what tomorrow holds, and that does frustrate me. But if we can just put our, if we just put our faith and say, but we know God and God knows what tomorrow is, then we ought to just, we ought to just trust him. But I sense, at least I think, I sense this frustration in him, this struggle, this vain life. What's the point? But yet he's been through it. He's at the end of it, looking back, and still frustrated to a degree. I guess. Yeah, I, would, I mean, I would have to assume that he was. I mean, he's he's tried all this stuff, so he's bound to be frustrated. I mean, yeah, he he came to the right conclusion, but it's got to be frustrating to spend so much time trying, wasting. trying, trying. Yeah, just wasting time trying to figure out what's the point, and the point is just follow God. Right. Right. Mm. Well, I could have done that from the beginning. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'd have been if I'd have kept my wisdom. Mm-hmm. Not no. had 2,000 wives, 3,000 concubines. And yeah, all that, you know. I wouldn't have done all this crazy stuff and just <laughs> kept my wisdom. Things would have been much better. But I didn't. What you got, Rocco? Sounds like y'all got it. <laughs> How many? It was 700, 300 wives and concubines. I don't know. I just know it's a bunch of them. It used to. <laughs> I used to know which one was which. It was 700, 300. One of them was wise and another one was concubines. Too much to keep up with. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'd agree with that, man. Too much to keep up with. Good gracious. Well, I is looking it up. 
I think about my wife multiplying her times a thousand. And it just makes you want to laugh because you know you couldn't handle that. Because <laughs> <laughs> you could be listening to this. Dude, I don't care if she hears it or not. I just picture about seven hundred of her just looking at me like in a on a bad day. Like when she did, I'm like, man, I don't, ain't no man even want that. <laughs> I'll leave the key open for you get in my house if she hears this. Yeah, seven hundred wives and three hundred concubines, so a thousand total. Whew. Yeah. What was he? What was he thinking? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't no see. Thoughts. I don't see any godly wisdom there. What was their wedding vows like? I wonder. <laughs> With those wives, I promise to hold you amongst many other <laughs> as long as I shall live. Once every three years. Yeah. I mean, godly. Yeah. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. But not no definitely song. not you and only you. So. Seven hundred wives. That just make you giggle. Like they ain't nothing. They don't even sound serious. That no. make you just want to laugh. So, and as a man, right there, uh, keeping all them glutton for punishment from killing him, tired the world. He had to be looking back on us like, man, what was I doing? Why is this man around? He probably had some kind of plan. He had some kind of. Orchestration schedule. Yeah, I'm sure he had it down. Has some structure in there. Definitely structure. He had something going on. Well, my our battery's about to die, so I guess we can conclude at this juncture. I guess right. Well, so we ran through them fairly fast. Very well. But uh, we will hopefully catch y'all on the next one. So peace out from Rev Fat Man. Peace. That's it. Bye-bye.